Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Nights Out. My name is Roy, and I'm the host of this daily podcast. It is Thursday, 29th of October. This is the second episode I'm posting today, and it is the latest installment of the series I'm calling A Personal History. On this episode, we are talking about the band Block Party and their debut album, Silent Alarm. I was inspired to post this installment of the A Personal History series, by a tweet by Eve Barlow, which I'll, if I remember to, I'll post the link to that tweet in the show notes, where she said, retweet this if you think Block Party are as important as Radiohead. I don't think I got many retweets. I retweeted it and said, Silent Alarm is definite, definitely deserves to be up there with the greats. And in this episode, hopefully I'll give you my perspective of why that's the case. With these episodes, it's not so much about trying to give a conclusive exhaustive history of the band or the what topic I'm talking about it's more to give my personal history tell you what my experience was of it but I will start by trying to give some context and color it in a bit for those who have no idea what I'm talking about so Block Party are a four-piece band from London they were formed in 1999 when Russell and Kelly met I think it was the second time they met at Reading Festival in 1999. This is Russell Lizak, who is the lead guitarist, Kelly Okoreki, who is the rhythm guitarist. They met at Reading Festival and decided to start a band. They recruited Gordon Mokes on bass guitar from an advert in Enemy magazine, and Matt Tong joined on drums from an audition. They all lived and existed in London, and they had a few different band names. They were Union, Angel Range Diet before they settled on the name Block Party in September 2003. They released their first songs in 2003, in November of 2003. There might be some clicking in this episode as I try and get as many details as I can as I go through it. November 2003, Block Party had their track The Marshals Are Dead featured on a compilation CD called The New Cross released by Angular Recording Corporation. They released their debut single, She's Hearing Voices. And I'm going to go to look at their discography. So as far as singles are concerned, in 2004... So they became Block Party in September 2003. I remember one of the times I met Steve Lamack, and there's an episode way, way back in this podcast where I talked to him. He talked about how he received, a, I think, a demo from Block Party in the toilets at a venue, at a show. I think one of them spotted him, followed him into the toilets and handed him their demo and said you should check this out and they did go on to play a session for bbc radio so they released an ep called block party the ep in 2004 they released another ep called little thoughts in 2004 and then the album proper silent alarm their debut came out on the 2nd of february 2005 it was recorded in copenhagen and london in mid 2004 with paul epworth as the producer who is, perhaps now, who is perhaps now most famously known for working with Adele and Florence and the Machine. He's won many Grammys, many Brit Awards. He's a pretty big deal. And I like to think this album is a big part of the reason why, because, oh God, what an album. So what about me during this time? Well, I lived in London and moved to Exeter in 2003. I was 14 at the time, and... I moved to a new school. Ex London is London. Exeter is south of Bristol. It's countryside. It is a big culture shock from living in London. Particularly, I went from being 
just a kid at school to very much being aware that I was the black kid. I was like the one of the only, like maybe a barely a handful of black kids in my school. Pretty much the only other black kid I knew was related to me. Big culture shock. I moved to an area where surfing, skateboarding and playing guitar were a big deal. And I very much became close friends with the people I happened to be sat with in my in my class, like my form. And I got, I could not have been luckier with where I ended up sitting because the, the friends I made ended up teaching me how to play guitar. I was a really impressionable age. I'm just going with the flow. This is the time when you start going to parties and it's a little less birthday parties at McDonald's and a little more house parties where there might be some drinking involved. In fact, I vividly remember, for some reason, we I'd have sleepovers at a friend's house and we'd go to this park at night and I remember the first time I went there with my friends, we went from the sleepover to this park and like half of the kids from our year were in this park. And I just thought, what? Who came up with this? How does everyone know about this? How long has this been going on? Just a bunch of teenagers drinking cider in a park and just messing around. But it was the greatest time. It made no sense. But boy, was it fun. I joined my first band around this time. It was a band called 60, spelled S-I-X-T-I. We weren't half bad, if I do say so myself. That band started because one of our friends was doing a course in music. And as part of the course, she had to perform as an ensemble. So we, as a band, were the ensemble. We were doing Muse covers, Metallica. I was first starting to learn guitar by learning Oasis. There was uh, maybe Feeder, Stereophonics. That was very much the vibe. It wasn't until I went to college. These are So I went to Exeter when I was 14. I was My last two years of high school, you're 14 turning 15 and 15 turning 16. Then it was two years of college. That's when you're 16 turning 17, 17 turning 18. In my first year, when I was 16, I met a friend named Nathan. We were, I was still very much beholden to uh, the music of high school that my friends were into, Feeder, Metallica, Muse. And Nathan came along and said, you should check out Block Party. And I thought, Block Party, that's all part of that indie rock twiddle twaddle. It's not, I don't care about it, I'm not interested. And he said, no, you cut that out. You listen to these songs, listen to She's Hearing Voices, listen to Banquet, listen to Helicopter, listen to Like Heat and Glass. Just reeling off songs. Nathan is, was, and will always be one of the coolest people I've met. He was just really into music. He was the type of person where when people were starting to get iPods, he got the Sony in like 64 gigabyte equivalent. He was that guy. So he mentioned these songs. So I went home and this was around the time downloading was a thing. My downloading software of choice was Bearshare and I downloaded the songs he mentioned. I downloaded Helicopter, Like Eaton Glass, Banquet and as the saying goes, upon hearing that, nothing was the same. It delivered it was as good as he said, if not better. It was energetic. It was frenetic. It was frantic. It was frenzied. It was kinetic. It was propulsive. It was just... It came at you. The way the album starts, the opening track is... In fact, let me pull up the track listing so we can really kind of dig into it a little bit. Let's let, let's sink our teeth, shall we? Where can I find the track listing? That's EPs. There we go. The track listing of the album, Silent Alarm, is Like Eating Glass, Helicopter, Positive Tension, Banquet, Blue Light, She's Hearing Voices, This Modern Love, Pioneers, 
price of gas. So here we are, Luno, Plans and Compliments. That's the original album. They had a re-release with two extra tracks on it, Little Thoughts and Two More Years. Now, Block Party are a post-punk band, rock band, two guitars, drums and bass. Kelly's the singer. The first thing I think that strikes you is the drummer, Matt Tong. I'm sure there's a review, most likely it's the NME review, that says it sounds like a drum kit is falling down the stairs and it keeps falling down the stairs the entire album. The songs are... They weave between... They're danceable. They're often like four, to, four on the floor. They've got that beat. But then they get really heavy. It's like they brought a, uh, an emo band, a heavier band, to the rave and just made those two worlds work really well. Another example of this that doesn't... Probably most people wouldn't say they sound similar, but The Prodigy. The Prodigy also brought rock music and dance music together in a new way, but they were a bit heavier. Block Party do that in a slightly cleaner fashion, a little less distorted. I've heard them very much compared to a band called, I want to say Wire. I'm going to go with Wire. I think Wire is a band from the 70s. Now I'm just talking out my backside here. But whilst that was a bit of a running theme with the bands of the early 2000s, there were older fans of music who said, oh, this sounds just like X or Y band from the 70s. But for me and my generation, this was new and this was ours. So there was an urgency to Kelly's voice and the way that everyone played that spoke to me in a way that all of the music I'd listened to up to that point didn't speak to me. I couldn't put my finger on it, but it was expressing something that needed to be expressed. I just didn't know how to express it or that I was lacking it until I heard this album. Like Eating Glass and Helicopter are very much full frontal, in your face, strong start to the album. Then Positive Tension pulls it back a bit. That's when you hear the dance influences more. It's a simple bass riff. And then the drums do what the drums do. They explode. But it never falls into like prog rock, where it feels like each band member is showing off. There's always a purpose to what they're doing. The car is always moving forward. It's at breakneck speed, but it's always moving forward and taking you with it. It takes it to different places, like uh, This Modern Love, which is a really euphoric love song. Blue Light, which is sounds really removed and detached. The vocal sounds so small, but it's really heartfelt as well. I think one of my favourites... My favourite song on the album always changes, but I remember Pioneers being a favourite for a very long time. The key lyric in that is, we promised the world we'd change it, what were we hoping for? And it's, oh, it, it really encapsulate what, encapsulates what the whole album is about, which is just this sense of disenfranchisement. And it's like you're a coming-of-age moments where the rose-tinted glasses you have on the world break. And you find yourself just unimpressed with the state of things. This is a time when things should be better than ever. And you find yourself thinking, it doesn't really feel that way. I saw this band at Reading Festival many times. I went to Reading Festival in 2006, 7, 8, 9 and 10. And I think it was 2006 when I first saw Block Party play on the main stage. This is a fact I'm not checking. I'm just going from memory here because it's more fun. They were playing the main stage and at one point Kelly said to the crowd that he met Russell at a Reading Festival and I started a chant of Russell, Russell, Russell and the whole crowd joined in and I remember looking to my friends and saying, these are my people. 
Oh man, to go back there now. Anyway, I've lost track of all of my notes. Let me try and center myself once again. So, before Block Party, I was more into music where one guitarist would play a bar chord, the bassist would play along with that, but those bar chords, they'd play the voot note, and the lead guitarist would just solo over the top. Block Party were one of those fundamental bands in like relearning how to play the guitar. It wasn't about chords and solos, it was just about riffs. And each guitarist would play a riff at a slightly different angle. The term angular was used a lot with their music. And I think it was just because, rather than it being like... Which is my (laughs) very (laughs) improvisational attempt at some sort of bluesy guitar solo... This was more... That was just the general energy of the album. I think that's what they meant by Angular. I, I, I don't know. I never really knew. But I had a guitar. I got a guitar from... I got a friend's guitar, secondhand. I got a loop pedal that the guitarist in the band 60 had. Because I. this was one of those bands where I started to try and understand the schematics of how they wrote the songs. So this guitarist plays that, and that guitarist plays this. Okay, I can kind of recreate that. How can I use that to do my own thing? How can I express myself in this way? And being in a crowd when Block Party play, it's a hot, sweaty, euphoric mess. Again, what I'd give to go back to those days, just just to revisit briefly and then come back. I wouldn't want to have to relive all that, but some amazing times were had seeing Block Party live at Reading Festival. So, I've talked about the brief history of the band leading up to the release of the album, me before the album, me during the album. Let's now talk about... Oh, one thing I always remember is that in the Enemy review, written by Imran Ahmed, he describes Kelly's vocals as being sung. Let me find the exact quote, because it's something that always stuck with me. Kelly gulps with a there's a bomb on the bus urgency, which is a really accurate way of describing his vocals, but a disturbingly ominous term or phrase to use to describe it. Anyway, since then, so I've seen them numerous times at Reading Festival. The last time I saw them live was when they were touring for their third album, which is called intimacy silent alarm was the debut the next album was a weekend in the city i was working at virgin megastore in exeter when that album came out and i remember there were two versions of the special edition version which had like a red cover and i took the cover from one of those and put it on no i think i took the cover from the normal version and put it on my special edition version or something like that a weekend in the city came out in 07 intimacy came out in 2008 four came out in 2012 The Next Wave Sessions EP in 2013. Their most recent album was Hymns in 2016. They did a 10-year anniversary tour of this album, Silent Alarm. I didn't get a chance to see that tour, but from what I understand, they played the album backwards, which seems so simple, but it's actually pretty genius because it ends on a very blissed-out note with compliments. It's It's like the come down after the party. And so when you listen to the album, it starts with the energetic anthem- anthemic and ends with the blissed out and loose, almost shoegazy. And so playing it live, to do it backwards, you start with the chilled out vibe and you build and build and build until you get to like eating glass, which is when you really pull the pin off the grenade and let loose. 
the last so the last time I saw them live was probably in two thousand and nine. The original members of the band, Russell Kelly, are still in the band. Gordon and Matt are no longer in the band. Instead, we have. Bear with me one moment while I click on the members link. Let's see here. There's a coloured diagram on their Wikipedia of who left when. So Russell left in what looks like 2015 and was replaced by Justin. Nope, let me take that. Gordon Mokes left, the bassist left in 2015, 16 and was replaced by Justin Harris. Matt Tong left in what looks like, if my maths are correct, 2013, 14 and was replaced by Louise Bartle. Now, if the name Louise Bartle sounds familiar, that's because she's a singer-songwriter from the band Nova Cup, and they have been on this very podcast quite a few times. Episode 48 was the first time I got to speak to all four members of Nova Cup, which includes Russell from Block Party. Yes, folks, I got to meet one of my heroes right here on this podcast. It's a memory I'll always treasure and that I can always revisit by pressing play on that episode. I haven't seen Nova Cub for a while. I feel really bad about that fact. I've been through some ups and downs in this podcast, which you can hear by listening to the podcast. But Nova Cub are an amazing band. They have some of the energy of Block Party, but they're taking it in a very different direction. Louise is a different kind of songwriter. And they're definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Sorry, got a little bit dizzy with all the, the memories there for a moment. In the show notes for this episode, I will share a link, if I can still find it, of a video from when Block Party were called the Angel Range. So it's an early show before they really had it. You can see the seeds of what they're going for, but there's still some honing to be done. But there's definitely potential and promise in what they do. I'll also share a video to an artwork compilation created by Alexi Garcia. It's like a a proof of a book that is a compilation of a whole lot of artwork, I think all of the artwork, created by Block Party for their releases. And the song I've chosen for today, or the other song for today, because this is the second episode I'm recording for today, is the song Tulips by Block Party, which was released before the album, and it's just a gorgeous song. <sighs> Block Party will always be a favourite band of mine. I feel as though we've gone our separate ways a little bit, when Matt and Gordon left the band, a lot of people lamented it because they are one of the strongest rhythm sections of any of the bands of the 2000s and onwards. They've both gone on to pursue different projects. In fact, Matt Tong in particular has a song called Present and Correct, which I think I've only ever heard on SoundCloud. It's awesome. And I got to record some music in the studio where he recorded Present and Correct with the producer that recorded that. And hopefully I'll get them on a future episode. Time will tell. My friends in Exeter, I picked up a guitar because they played guitar and I was just wanting to join in with them. There were other bands like Franz Ferdinand and The Strokes and Yeah Yeah Yeahs and Interpol who helped me to hone the way that I played and figure out what it was I was going for. But I stand by this album, Silent Alarm by Block Party, in my mind, in my eyes, in my heart, is the best British debut album, at least of the 2000s. I don't know about of all time. I know some will say Oasis. I think most recently some will say Arctic Monkeys. Some might say Libertines. 
or just other acts in general. But for me, this album, this album is why I picked up the guitar. It's why I found the purpose and realized all that a guitar can really do. This album speaks to me in a way few other albums do. I absolutely love it. It's been, what, 16 years now since it came out. But the first time I rode a Santander cycle from work was my... Because I work for the NHS. There's a discount code so we can use the Santander cycles for free. So I finally signed up to it. And the first time I rode a, I rode a Santander cycle or a Boris bike in London, I was like, well, I've got to have something to soundtrack this moment. What better album... Silent Alarm by Block Party. So that's my attempt at trying to capture my personal history with this album. If you have never heard it before, there's no better time than now to check it out. It's every bit as amazing now as it was then. It really is a bit of a capturing lightning in a bottle artifact. And I will put the links to, hopefully, that early show of them as Angel Range, that compilation of their artwork across their career, and the song Tulips. Thank you very much for listening. What album means that much to you? Feel free to share it. Feel free to send me a voice note. There's a link in every episode that allows you to do that. You can find me online at Saddest Night Out if you wish to gush about this album with me. Otherwise, thank you for listening. Thank you, Block Party. And I'll catch you all on the next one. Take care.